the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I think it's really true for, for, for most people. I think there's, there's an exception to this, but for most people, they never spend a lot of time even thinking about the language of relationships. They never think there's a special language that goes along with making relationships really, really work. And so we just sort of hit and miss throughout life, and we never really get the skill of learning how to connect with others in a positive communication way. And the scriptures are very clear regarding how we are to do this, how we're to build good relationship language skills. And the first thing I want to talk to you about tonight is this. The quality of your relationships is determined by the quality of your what? What word is repeated there twice? Quality. That's the key word. The quality of your relationships is going to be determined primarily by one thing and one thing alone that is the quality of your communication. So if you're having relationship problems in your life, nine times out of ten, almost every problem you will ever experience in a relationship has something to do with a breakdown in communication, a malfunction of your communication, a disregard for quality communication. There's a few rare exceptions to this. Sometimes people are just nasty and sometimes things happen in relationships that are outside of this realm. But by and large, it's the key issue of your life. If you want to perfect anything when it comes to relationships, Work on your communication. Now, this is true in your relationship with God. Let's start there for a moment. If you want to have a good relationship with God, and all of us, I believe, do, we would not be in the service this evening if it were not for that fact. We have to focus primarily on our communication with Him. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 or 8. But when you pray, we can take that word pray and say we, for the purposes of our study this weekend, when you communicate, when you communicate with God. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. What I want you to see from this, there are lots of things we could talk about, going to hit some high points here, is that when it comes to talking to God, you're not going to move forward with God unless you are here, two key words, unless you're honest with God and you're intimate with God, correct? 
You got to have both of these things, honest with God and intimate with God. What does it mean to be honest? You go into your room by yourself. You close the door. You talk to him from your heart. You talk to him like a father. You're honest. You can't get anywhere from God not being honest with God. So if you're struggling tonight in your communication with God, get alone with God and just tell him what's really going on. He can handle whatever's going on in your life and come to him intimately. Take a look at this next verse of scripture. Very important. Philippians 4 six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by, what do we say that was? Communication with God. By prayer, communication with God and petition, with thanksgiving, uh, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's what I want you to see in this passage, that in communication, there's always exchange. The first passage we saw, honesty and intimacy with God. This is an exchange with God. Here's the exchange. You come to God and you give him your problems and he gives you his peace. That's a pretty good exchange, is it not? So you go to God, say, I'm honest with God, I'm intimate with God, I'm praying, communicating with him, and I, in my prayer, I release my problems to him, and he exchanges and gives to me his wonderful peace. So it's honest and intimate, it is an exchange that happens, and here's the third passage I want to give you this evening, Psalm 5, verse 3, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice, in the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Here's the key word that I want to give you in this passage. It needs to be consistent. Everybody say that word, consistent, okay? So we've got to grasp this. Communication with God becomes a pattern of our communication with other people. We are to be honest and intimate with God. We have to learn to be honest and intimate with people. We come to that point of making exchanges with God. That's what communication is. It is a giving and a receiving between two individuals. And then also, it's something that has to be consistent. The psalmist David said, in the morning. Some translations give us this sense that it's every morning. There's a consistency to it, Lord you hear my voice in the morning. I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Now, let me just submit this uh, for a response from you. Would you agree that if you have communication with someone that is honest and intimate, and it's a good exchange between you and them, and it's consistent, would your relationship get better? Of course it would. So there's the pattern with God that now needs to become the pattern with us as well. So we have to grasp the fact that communication breaks down if we don't follow that pattern. There are examples all through the the pages of Scripture. I'm only going to bring a couple of them to you tonight that really where God emphasizes, Scripture emphasizes to us the value of really working at resolving problems with one another and walking in unity with each other through communication. Let me take you to this passage in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 2. And let me set it up for you before you read it here. Just listen to me for a moment. Paul, at the time that he writes the book of Philippians, is in a Roman prison. According to what we see in the, in the book of Philippians, it is likely that he is chained between two Roman guards 24-7. Okay. He's going through a very difficult period. Roman prison, chained between two Roman guards, bound up for the preaching of the gospel. 
Now, I think that you would probably agree with me if you're in prison for preaching the gospel, you haven't done anything wrong other than proclaim the name of Jesus, you're bound up 24-7 with a Roman guard to your right and to your left, and you're living in a jail cell. And by the way, these were not jail, they, these were not nice prisons back then. I mean, we're talking about really dungeon-like environments. If you're in that kind of situation, would you agree with me? You got lots of things that could get on your mind that could cause you to be worried and troubled and upset said about kind of all kinds of things in life. It could really be a place for a really good pity party, right? But instead of being in a pity party, Paul writes the book of Philippians, which is known as the epistle or the letter of joy. Think about that. He writes from prison in the mess that he's in, and he writes this letter called the letter of joy, and there are only four chapters. I would encourage you maybe this week to go back and read the book of Philippians. Only four short chapters. And before Paul wraps up the fourth chapter, he's writing to the church at Philippi, and so he He is writing to particular people, and his mind, in the midst of being in prison, trying to help people gain joy in their lives, his mind goes to a situation that he knows exists there in the church, and notice what he says here. And I plead with Euodia and Syntyche to settle their disagreement and be restored with what? one mind in our Lord. I find this absolutely incredible. Here is Paul in a prison, and he's dealing with all kinds of things. He's trying to encourage the church, and his mind goes back to two people who aren't communicating very well. Two people are having problems, and he's saying, I want you to get it fixed. Why would Paul be so troubled about two women in the church who are having a disagreement with each other? Why? Why would he take time out of writing only four chapters to list these two ladies because he knows that failure and communication and disorder and disunity spreads. Amen. Think about it. If you have disorder and disunity in a marriage, what begins to spread in the family? The same thing. And it happens in any relationship. You have a friendship and disorder and difficulty happens in the friendship. Before long, it's spreading past those friends to other friends. And before long, your whole relational world is upset. So Paul says, we've got to fix this. Take a look at what he says here in this next passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony. Now, do you know what the word harmony is? Harmony is a, is, a, is a musical term, okay? You can't have harmony by yourself. You can't, okay? okay. So harmony is a relationship word, okay? And harmony is, anybody that understands music understands that harmony is involved. You to, to sing harmony, you have to find what somebody else is singing and add a different scale dimension to it so that it sounds, that there's, a, there's a consonant sound to it, not a dissonant sound to it. So you have to work, you have to find out the tune that's being sung and come along and add your voice to it so it blends into something beautiful. So he says, I'm, I'm telling you by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So what I want you to see just foundationally here this evening as we're wrapping up this series together, that if you're going to have good relationships, you have to have good communication. 
All throughout the Bible, this idea of harmony and unity is emphasizing the idea of people have to learn to get along, and they have to learn to get along with the right communication one toward another. Let's go to our second point tonight. You cannot not communicate. Profound, right? This is a very easy principle to forget. So if you're going to have quality relationships, what must you have? Quality what? Are you with me this evening? Remember we talked last week about, weekend before last, about participation, all that kind of stuff, right? I'm not going to read. So good relationships, good communication, all right? And so here's the thing. You cannot not communicate. So you're communicating something right now in your relationships, whether you realize it or not. And so if, you're, if you don't put intentional effort and intentional hard work in the way you communicate, I promise the law of relationship gravity will occur. Here's the law of relationship gravity. I think this is on the screen here. I believe it is. Here's the law of relationship gravity. The the law of relationship gravity is everything's always going toward the worse, not the better. Okay? Are you with me? How many of you have a house that just gets better and better in terms of maintenance every year? You never have to paint it. You have to clean the house. It cleans itself, and it's cleaner than it was the last time. No, what happens in any realm of life is the law of entropy. And the law of entropy is things are going from order to disorder. Things are going from really being nice to a mess, okay? That's why you have to every week, you got to clean your house. You got to paint your house every so often. You got to do maintenance work on your car. Why? Because things break down. The same is true in a relationship. Can I get an amen? Okay. This is the natural, you can start out great. This is where a lot of marriages start out. Man, I wish I could take, show you pictures of every couple I've ever married. They always have a smile on their face. Nobody has ever said after they got married, this is miserable, I hate this, I don't want to do this, okay? No, I've always, every time I've done a marriage ceremony, there's a big smile, they got all the wedding pictures, man, they're looking good, and about three months later, there's all kind of looks on people's faces, okay? Because here's the deal, if you don't really work on relationships, you're communicating, but you're not communicating purposefully, and so it goes from great to good to it's okay to where the weak, the bonds begin to be weak, and they begin to be very poor, and before long, you're actually becoming very destructive toward one another. That is the sequence of events. That's where communication always goes unless you intervene. Don't ever expect to start out here and end up here without. Don't expect it. It ain't going to happen. You can pray all day long, and you need to pray. If you're over here in a situation, in a relationship, absolutely pray. But prayer is not the only thing you need to do. You've got to add some work to it. How many of you know that sometimes God works through, God answers his prayer through the efforts that you put in as well? So it's the combination, the cooperative process uh, that we work in together. Let me talk to you about how we communicate. When it comes to communication, communication, there's a sender and a receiver. Get your radio, 
Somebody somewhere broadcasting someone, they're the sending it. Your radio is the receiver. The same is true between two people. Anytime there's a talk going on right now, I'm sending information. I'm the one on the platform talking. You're listening to me. Uh, some of you are receiving um, uh, certain messages in certain ways. We'll get to that in a moment by the filters that are already in your life. But I'm sending, so I am the sender. When I'm a sender of any kind of communication with anyone, here are the things that are going on in my sending process. You are going to be listening to the words that I say, the specific things that I'm saying. You're going to pay attention to the tones in which I say those things. I can say them in a tone that is nice and agreeable and friendly and welcoming, or I can say them in a harsh tone. I can communicate. I'm going to communicate in some kind of tone. What is a tone? Think about your stereo. When you go to a stereo, a stereo has a tone adjustment. You can adjust it to the high-end frequencies, or you can adjust it to the low-end frequencies, But you adjust, and it sounds different based upon how you're adjusting it. And then additionally, when I'm sending information there, you're paying attention to looks, not how handsome I am, but how my facial expressions are, Okay. Like if a husband and wife are talking with each other, you better believe that that wife or that husband, they're listening to the words, they're listening to the tones, and they're watching what's going on with your face. I love you. Now, did I say the right words? Yeah, I said the right words, right? How was my tone? Not so good. And how were my looks? Not good at all. Okay. So I'm saying the right thing, but I'm giving the wrong message. And then sometimes it also by the absence. It's not just what you say, it's what you don't say. That's, so you cannot not communicate. Say it with me. You cannot not communicate. Your words, your tones, your looks, failure to say anything, your posture is even communicating something. If you're having a, I love you. I said the right words, my tone was wrong, my looks were definitely wrong, my posture communicated, even whether you open your arms or close your arms, whether you turn your back toward a person, whether you're, 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 there are a variety of things we could talk about, and then of course, sometimes you're not even saying words, you're making sounds like... <sighs> hmm. What are you saying? You cannot not communicate, okay? You cannot not communicate. You're communicating all the time, okay? You can't not do it, okay? And so all these things, if you're sending these messages, even when you're not saying something, you're saying something, okay? So this is on the sender side. Let's go to the receiver side because when you're receiving messages, you're always receiving them through a filter. Everybody has a filter. We have filters on our life. And so when messages come, we interpret the message based upon the filters, assumptions that we're making about what somebody is saying. Those assumptions are you start reading their mind. They're not saying it, but you think you know what they're saying. You're absolutely sure you know what they're saying. Have you ever been in a conversation before that someone said, that's not what I'm saying at all? 
because you now have interpreted something based upon mind reading them. When, was, when did you take a mind reading class, okay? And so we make assumptions. That's a filter. Past experiences. Well, that's what you said three years ago, and that's what you meant then. You've got to mean it now. Personal judgments, perceptions, or pain. This is key right here. Pain, if you've got pain unprocessed, pain in your life, generally you're going to read most of every bit of communication that is intimate in nature through the filter of your pain. That's why Jesus wants to heal you of pain, because pain becomes a very negative filter in your life. You're going to read hurt into practically everything. Your present mindset and mood. If you're in a, how many you know that if you're in a good mood, you hear things differently than when you're in a bad mood? Can I get an amen? amen. You are in church. Come on now, okay? If you're in a really good mood, you got up on the right side of the bed, you're feeling really great, somebody can say almost anything to you, and it's not going to bother you, but you're already in a bad mood, the least little thing that is said is going to trigger something inside of you. It becomes a filter, and then the environment and the ambiance, what's going, if if you're in a really gloomy room, and all the shades are pulled down, and it's dark in the room, and you can't hardly see the other person, gloomy environments produce gloomy conversations. Conversations. That's why when you want to have a romantic meal with your spouse, you don't go to a gloomy place. You go to a place that has ambiance. <laughs> you don't really care what the food is. You want the atmosphere. You want that feeling that you get because something just happens when you're in the right ambiance. Are you with me? Okay. So you cannot not. Come on, help me out here. You can't. Not, not communicate, okay? And so if you want a quality relationship, what do you have to have? Quality communication. What's the reality? You cannot not communicate. Let's go to the next one. The best communication, read these with me, blesses, nurtures, and connects. And so here's the deal. If we cannot not communicate, what we have to do, if we want a good relationship, and we want to improve the quality of our communication, we have to understand what quality communication is. What is quality communication? The best communication, what what happens? It blesses, it nurtures, and it connects. You ought to write that down. You ought to put it on a three-by-five card. You ought to keep it in front of you. About every time you're about to say something, you need to stop and say, does this bless? Does this nurture? Does this connect? Does this bless? Does this nurture? Does this connect? Because that's really what good communication does. If you're not blessing, what are you doing? Come on, help me out. You're cursing, right? And if you're not nurturing, what are you doing? Draining, okay? And if you're not connecting, what are you doing? You're disconnecting. It's exactly right. And so the best communication blesses, nurses, and connects. Here's what the Scripture says. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But one who prophesies. Don't get hung up on that word. I'm going to come back to it and explain it in just a moment. But one who prophesies, what do they do? They strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Or we might go back to those words we just used a moment ago. They bless, they nurture, and they connect. Now, when we say one who prophesies, what are we talking about there? Well, a prophet is someone who simply speaks God's Word. 
Anytime you speak God's word, you are speaking something that has prophetic power. Okay. Because God's word never is, is, is always full of power, right? Okay. And so what we want to do in our relationships, the more I can bless my wife by speaking something that is from God to her, God is never going to curse her. God is not about to drain her, and God does not want to disconnect us. And so when I get in line with God, I'm strengthening, I'm encouraging, and I'm comforting. And so that's the key for good relationships. It's vital that we learn to do this. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.